Welcome to Big Shakti's Light on Yoga and Meditation podcast. My name is Dr. Swami Shankardev. I'm a yoga acharya, medical doctor, psychotherapist, and Vedic astrologer. And I'm a co-creator of Big Shakti along with my partner, Jane Stevenson. This podcast is dedicated to providing you with authentic, accurate knowledge and access to a range of powerful techniques from different wisdom traditions to achieve health, enlightenment and prosperity. We're also very interested in how to use yoga and meditation to increase both lifespan and health span, to reduce chronic illness, to improve physical and mental resilience and to accelerate your spiritual evolution. In this episode of Big Shakti's podcast, I'm interviewing Jane Stevenson, my life partner and the co-creator of Big Shakti. And we've been together in this life for 22 wonderful years. In this episode, we talk about Jane's counseling and psychotherapy practice and how she combines spirituality and creativity, as well as the role of intuitive healing and dreams. While Carl Jung described creativity as a primal instinct, Jane has developed a way of spiritualizing creativity to bring it to a higher level of expression through the methods taught by Big Shakti. She talks about how she supports people to to connect to the depths of the unconscious mind, which contains vast powers, mythic forces, and all the archetypes, the building blocks of life. Accessing this part enables you to connect to hidden aspects of your deeper nature that support removing old, archaic, distorted and neurotic patterns that keep you stuck in negative and destructive patterns of thinking and behaviour. We also talk about Carl Jung, who's a great Swiss psychiatrist and whose amazing body of work has had a major influence on modern psychology. And his work enables you to access the deeper unconscious mind. So we combine that with the ancient Indian yoga tantra systems and other different wisdom traditions. And Jung's work has had an amazing influence on Jane. She describes a series of initiatory dreams that involved the image of Carl Jung, who symbolizes great wisdom, a sage. And she had these dreams when she was a young woman following a serious car accident. And these dreams led to an experience of deep healing and have set the course for the rest of her life's work. And here's the episode. Hi, everyone. I'm here with my dearest, beloved Jane, and we're going to talk about dreaming today. Jane is a prolific dreamer, and every morning when she wakes up, she has a number of dreams we talk about, communicate about, and Jane has been my teacher. She's taught me everything that I know about dreaming and helped me to integrate dream work into my own medical and psychotherapy practice. And Jane has had quite a lot of amazing experiences with dreams over her life. Welcome to the podcast, Jane. <laughs> Finally, you get on the podcast, and now is a chance for you to talk a little bit about who you are, what you do, and yeah. people... tell us a little bit about you. Well, I've had a very long and varied life. I've had various occupations, and I, in a nutshell, have straddled the worlds of creativity and spirituality. And I've had those two streams of interests almost equally as powerful guiding my life and coinciding 
all through my life since I was very young. So I was I was studying filmmaking and graphic design while I was also beginning my journey into healing through Taoist practices. And I was always trying to decide on one or the other. And I think it was much later in life that I really thought that the spirituality sort of overrides the creative expression in one sense, but in another sense that they're very similar. That spiritual life of Mm -hmm. expressing spirituality is also a creative life. What do you mean when you say spirituality overrides creativity? How does that, what does that mean to you? Oh, well, it was just in terms of the form, the form of spirituality. Like, so, you know, rather than writing a story that might be about something that might involve spirituality, but is not directly about spirituality, I would call that creativity. Okay. You know, going into healing, um, counselling and dream work, I would call that more on the spiritual side. Okay. That's interesting. So what's the difference in your mind between spirituality and creativity? Well, creativity is for me, a form of invention, invention. So creating forms from ideas, that's how I've really worked with creativity. And there's two parts of creativity. One is the creativity itself that comes up from the essence of being and which is obviously connected to the world of deities and presences in the world. And then there is the actual form of creativity, which is creating. And so that's really the creativity. Whereas spirituality, I see more as a connection to one's essence, connection to the deepest essence of ourselves, but not necessarily the expression of it. It's a connection, whereas the creativity, I always associate with creating. Even though they're both, so creating and spirituality are both essences. And creating is a different thing. So somehow you linked spirituality and creativity at some point. So what happened? Why did, when did that change for you? I think when we started Big Shakti. Okay. I started to see that, you know, because we, we created a form out of, you know, our beliefs and our interests, we put it into a form and therefore it involved creating. We right. had to create something out of it. Yes. Whereas we could have just had our beliefs and been doing our own meditation and not really expressing it into the world. Yeah. And for me, that would have been still spirituality our own spirituality but because we wanted to put it into a form and connect with other people we had to have the creativity to do that right and all our programs involve a lot of creativity we do a lot of you know thinking about the form how this course for instance will will um, connect with people how it will be appealing to people not only just its content, but also visually. There's a lot of creativity that goes into that, which you know and you are part of. (laughs) 
And so I guess the way I've always thought about it, which is interesting, you know, how you describe it, is that the ability to bring out the visible from the invisible part of us. Yes. The essence is invisible. The spirit is invisible and intangible and potential, especially when it's yes. related back to consciousness and to the deeper mind. It's all potential. And then the ability to bring it into a form in the world and express it into a form in a world in the world that makes positive change or enables other people to go into their own essence via mm. that form. Mm. I think that's something that you and I have worked on a lot and you've helped mm. me a lot with in my life too, I have to say. Good. <laughs> you've helped me. <laughs> and I know that in your work as a therapist that you do this. You help people to see the invisible part of themselves, their spiritual essence. Mm. You help them to connect to that and then to bring that into a form in their lives. And you do that through the relationship and your therapy. So can you talk mm -hmm. a little bit about that, what you do in therapy? Well, look, actually I do a number of things and um, it surprises me every time I work with somebody new as to what I'm doing with them because it is very intuitive and no two clients have the same kind of approach. So it is actually very hard for me to talk about what I do because it is so intuitive. It happens at the time. But, so you're an intuitive um, healer, really, aren't you? Well, yes, I guess you could say that. Um, intuitive healing as in I am trying to spontaneously trying to draw the best of that person out by dealing with a lot of the stuff that is blocking what is great about them. Because I think that so many people really do not see how amazing they are. There's a kind of a shadow over their perception of themselves of who they are, what they're capable of, and how they can be creative in their lives and create a life that they want. So for that, I use a lot of dream work and it's a very expanded version of dream work. It's not just dealing with dreams that people have in, night, in the night when they're sleeping. It has to do with daydreams fantasies, imagination, and a lot to do with how they are imagining themselves, which it often has a kind of a distortion on it from anything from trauma to just never having really related to their wonderful bits and never having tried to express their really, really wonderful side. I do work with people in creativity and yeah. because I know that a lot of people want to create. They want to just create that, something. Just on that point before we go on. Um, so what I'm, what I'm hearing is that people create a form unconsciously based on influences around them. And that form yes. is sort of, it is a narrow, distorted version of what is possible. And they get locked into that pattern. Yes. And then you support them seeing beyond that pattern, going deeper into themselves to the more spiritual essence. 
and yes. finding ways to be creative from a spiritual place or an intuitive place. How yes. can I change the old pattern and revision myself? Yes. Yes. So it is a lot about patterns there, um, mm. which are many, of course, of the patterns are unconscious. Yeah. And um, they have gotten into a kind of a funk, into uh, a very, and it feels very natural to be in that funk, to not be totally self-accepting and realising, you know, how much know-how they already have. Um, Trying to get people to think clearly is one of the big things that I work on because a lot of people have issues with clear thinking or just have not discussed how they're thinking with anyone in a very deep way to know the flaws in their thinking. Mm. So unconscious living, just kind yeah. of going along, hitting into problems, then just kind of shifting around them without kind of seeing that they're recurring. Yeah. That's that that's, kind of phenomenon. That, that's an important part of it. And I guess the other thing that is really interesting and has helped me immensely in my own work has been the place of dreams as a place outside of the normal thinking mind where the spirit's often expressing itself in images and archetypes and intuitions it's sending us messages all the time the thing i've noticed in you is that you're able to cognize that in yourself very easily and therefore you can see it in others as well and so even though dreams are a small part of what you do it seems to me that they're an important part because you know it's it's amazing what we can find out about ourselves in dreams. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes. Well, dreams, see, I go into a dream state every time I start talking about dreams. I go into this strange Just go state. there, talk for me. <laughs> that is dreamlike. Well, that's what you do with people. That's what happens. I've noticed. Yeah, yeah. I go, I go into their dreams. You go, very you go into their dreams. That's the thing. That's the skill that you develop. Your ability to go yes. into other people's dreams and actually yes. be with them in that place. And that's remarkable. Yes, that's remarkable. Yes. So when I think about dreams, I go into the dream world, and um, when I'm with people and they're talking about their dreams or their fantasies or their phenomena that is coming up. For them as, as to how they perceive themselves and life, mm. which in many ways is a dream, Maya. Yes. Um, yep. I am trying to understand that, not necessarily from their history, like their family history, their developmental history, but from the phenomena itself. So this image appears of how they are in life and I'm trying to understand and get them to understand that image of themselves, Mm self-image, in a conscious way and often in the night dreams or even in the daydreams we will see other figures around that also represent a part of themselves. Therefore, when they can connect with that other part of themselves, that fundamental image that they have of themselves, which is the driver of their life, 
becomes expanded so they can say i'm this but i'm also that yeah what do the dreams do though what does the dream give in that situation how does that happen it gives an expanded sense of feeling uh gives one an ability to access cut off feelings which mm form a kind of a debilitation in the psyche it gives one a greater emotional range because a lot of people are just working on a very limited emotional range yeah so like the person who's always miffed or always gets angry or always jumps into an aggressive role or always feels weak a kind of a sense of weakness or not knowing, oh, I never yeah. know what to do. Yeah. Right. So it gives them, say, someone who has a sort of an innocence about them that is, you know, not very good for them. Yeah. They might find a wise part of themselves, yeah. a person okay. who's got a lot of know-how. I get it. So, um, so I just interrupt. Yeah. So basically what I'm hearing you say is that people get stuck in a kind of a self-image based on an archetype. We'll use Jungian jargon here. An archetype means a pattern in the deep mind for example around anger and there could be an angry part in them but they're not able to access the happy part in them or the joyful part or the other side so for example we'd say there's a bad mother or a bad father archetype and there's a good mother and a good father archetype and some people might be stuck in relationship to their negative archetypes in the deep psyche and pushing them away because they don't want to be part of them so at war with a part of themselves and unable to access the positive archetypes that they have. And what you do and what the dreams tend to do is tell us about which archetypes are active. I've noticed in my work that there are often a good dream and a bad dream, they'll often come together. So people will often get a message from the unconscious saying, hey, this is the this is the negative archetype within the dream. So it could be a nightmare, or it could be something like that. And then they'll, and then, they might get another dream in which the positive archetype is more available. And what I've seen you do is that you point people towards their positive archetype and say, hey, this is also there in you. What happens mm-hmm. when you experience that and you bring it into the fantasy or you bring it into their emotional life and so on? So they mm. get more access to deeper parts of themselves. Would you say That's that right. makes sense? Yeah. They get, well, the process that I use is for them to fundamentally um, before even understanding this this other positive archetype is to feel that archetype, to embody that archetype, um, to feel what it feels like to be that other, that other that is usually appearing in life all the time as a projection. Um, So, for instance, one woman I work with who's a brilliant creator um, but wasn't when I met her. Uh, She was always brilliant, but she was not creating. Um, She always mingled with uh, creators, you know, creative people, artists and everything. And then when she started, but she was sort of distant from them. She was kind of looking at them. From a distance and uh, in awe of them, but when we got together and really started working with her, her own capabilities, which she already had, but she had not used in a while because of family and different situations, 
she became active and Mm -hmm. she was, of course, also dreaming about these kinds of things. So she's a very good client in terms of being able to activate the discoveries that we make. So we say, I said, she says, I had this dream. So we note this, these different figures in the dream. And then she, you know, we kind of together work out a way for her to bring that into life. And that, and she is now performing, which is something that she did decades ago. So she's now starting to perform. She's connecting with other people and has a creative life. Um, even though she's and she's somehow sustaining her other life as well, which yeah. is mu- one of much more responsibility. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, that's it really accessing the feeling first, the, the sensations, the body, what it feels to be like that, and bringing that into reality in some small way in the beginning. Yeah. It's only a small way that should never be overwhelming. Yeah, and then. It progresses, you see, as you start to work on the phenomena of the dream, the characters, the parts mm. of the self, the dream starts to give back yeah. and, say, and sort of reward you by developing. Right. And, so there's a relationship deepening. that occurs between a part, uh, an ego part of you and the, what we call the non-ego part, the deep mind. Yes. So yeah. you start to talk to each other and you start to listen. And then, yes. then the deep mind says, hey, by the way, you're listening. Here's more information that you can yes. handle. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, here's some more and guidance. I, and and then think, in real life, start to respond as well. It's not just the right. dream. Opportunities yeah. will yeah. open up in real yeah. life. Like you might, I've had a Well, dreams are, dreams are part of real life, aren't they? Yes. But, you know, I mean, waking but they, life. But, but dreams, what we're saying is that there are night dreams and daydreams and that what we're saying about dreams is that they are... That's your active, they're active dynamic forces at work in the unconscious yes, constantly, all the time. Yes, all the time. Real, so the, the, the real life dream met, starts yes, to meet the, the yeah. night dream. That's right. And, and say, third, and you and go, the, oh, okay, I saw that figure yeah. in, in my night. Meditation, <laughs> we, we help people to stay grounded and centered in themselves and self aware so that they can marry these, the outer, what they call the outer and the inner world. So there's that other component that people have to do as well is the self-work on their own, right? Yes, they have to do some self-work. But everyone usually gets homework with me. It starts off usually with homework in the meditation. Yeah. And um, report back. Exactly. (laughs) What what I've noticed is a lot of people say, oh, I I don't dream much or I just have these little fragments or I don't really, those dreams aren't important. And what I've seen with the work that you and I are doing now is that every dream has some significance. It's just that the person can't access it. Jung and Freud needed another person to help them reflect onto their dream. Yes. Because yes. even the masters need that. But what you're saying is that the dreams, once you start to make that connection and you want to do it and you're being, you know, there's a certain intuitive process unfolding that uh, the dreams start to change character and that you get more access to information and that you start to feel connected to a deeper part of yourself. And I just wanted to, to so I know that dreams aren't the only thing that you do in therapy, but I think it's interesting for people to know a little bit more about your dream life and that you've had a couple of important dreams in your life. And I'm wondering if you'd be willing to share that dream you told me about, the one you had with Jung. 
Yeah. Well, I had done quite a lot of work in meditation. I was doing Taoist meditation and healing practices. I was in my early 20s. And this is really what started or really veered my interest in dreams into a very specific direction, and that is dream interpretation. I'd done a lot of healing through self-healing after a very bad car accident through Taoist practices, meditation, through a really great teacher that I'd met and had been studying with by that time for at least three years. But there was still something missing in my healing. And one of the issues for me after my accident was that I was, had incredible rage. I had glass impacted in my right eye it, and it went into the nasal passage and I had glass not far from my brain, apparently millimetres from my brain. And my personality apparently changed quite a bit and I became very aggressive. And only in the mornings I would wake up and I'd be in a rage. Yeah, I'd sort of fly out of bed, just bad-tempered. A friend gave me Man and His Symbols. Yeah. And I was read, which is just by Carl Jung. By Carl Jung. Yeah. And I started to read it and I started to have dreams of Jung. In one particular point, I had a series of probably five dreams over maybe nine months. And it's hard to remember the timing, but it was a long time and it would always be the same dream. And I would be standing at the bottom of the temple and there would be a thousand stairs or so and Jung was standing at the top. Each dream I would ascend the stairs and come closer and closer to him. And I so, so wanted to come to the top and meet him. Finally, in the last dream, I would just be, I'd be just walking and, and I would somehow remember in the dreams, I would remember the other dream or the other times that I'd been walking up these stairs. I remember that it was a long, long journey. And I would always wonder how long it's going to take me to get there. Felt like years or maybe lifetimes. I finally got to the top and I saw that he had a book. As I approached him, I looked into his face. I felt this incredible warmth. I guess it was like meeting a Christ figure, you know, and I felt this radiance and warmth and everything, and he closed the book and he gave me the book. Mm, Then I think it was the day after or something or a few days later, I I read a line from his book. It said that someone who wakes in the morning angry or has aggression is fettered by the animus. So the male part is not happy. You know, I didn't do any work on that. I just... When I read it, I no longer felt angry in the morning. And that's how I experienced Jung's text. I would read something and I felt healing from the words. I felt the dream, all the understanding of dreams was, I would read it and it wasn't about the understanding. It It wasn't about the intellect. It was about getting the message, like a so you know what you'd call a a text that can transform you, which I believe in. 
I believe there are texts in life that are so amazingly embodied and rich with knowledge and and this embodied knowledge that the writer had this embodied knowledge that you read it and somehow it changes you in that same way. Yeah, And, of course, that's part of the Eastern culture, something like the Bhagavad Gita, the Ramayana, the Devi Bhagavatam. These are the great classical texts that people will read and read and read. Of course, the Bhagavad Gita influenced Jung and uh, Albert Schweitzer and Albert Einstein and a number of the great Western thinkers because of the power of its words. So you had an initiatory Mm. dream in a way, didn't you, I think? Yeah. It was life. definitely because after that, I I just was wanted to talk yeah. about people's dreams. I didn't do official dream work then, yeah. quite a few years, but I would always want to know people's dreams yeah, I remember, yeah. and always tell tell people my dreams, yeah, which yeah. met with varying levels of interest, of course, because of 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 hearing someone's dream is not always that entertaining. <laughs> The thing that you said before about entering into a person's dream or being able to connect to that level is deeply satisfying to a person when they feel that someone's because it brings it to life in them. Yes, they can can feel it. You you lend you lend your intuition to them in a way. Yes, feeling and intuition traveling with them, and often I can feel perhaps there's still resistance with the person. Mm. In with in exploring their own dream, even if they're exploring it with me, and so sometimes they want to go into a particular image and not in another, right. and I can kind of bring them back to the the ones that they want to avoid because I can feel how important it is. Often, someone just wants to bypass an area yeah. of the dream, yeah. and sometimes I. Because there's still resistance, I feel the dream sometimes more than the person themselves until mm. I can slow it down and bring it them back to a certain point and have questions around that part of the dream. Yeah. So then, then they start to feel how profound that area of the dream yeah. is, that encounter. Yeah. It's usually some sort of encounter. Yeah. Yeah. And they go, oh, yes, okay, well, yeah, yeah. it is dizzying or it is yeah. um, does this to me. Yeah. And that's and then that's a way in. That's a way into the unconscious. All right. I think if I just were to bring this back into a more yoga philosophy explanation, the way we de- describe all this is that once you start to turn your attention back inward through meditation, then you can put your awareness back into the unconscious. So instead of the unconscious sending you all these signals saying, hey, wake up, wake up, you know, what are you doing? This is an old habit. You know, you're going to have to live this out until you can see it. You say, okay, I'm going to look now. And that's what you're saying. People are resistant to looking at some of their images because they don't know what to do with them. And that's where yes. you come in. That's where you come in. Or so- a lot of people don't believe they have images in their unconscious. They say, that's oh, right. I don't see anything. Yeah. But they do. And they so just we, don't know yeah. how to go there. And yeah. our, our work has been in Big Shakti in particular to be able to help people to have techniques that they can, instead of having the unconscious come into the outer life, into the into the little mind, they take the little mind back into the into the unconscious and they can swim in that ocean for a while and bring that the wealth of wisdom and knowledge back in a way that works through the yoga vidya, through the through the techniques. 
techniques and the knowledge that uh, that we teach on Big Shakti. Yes, it's like going to the problem before the problem comes to you. Good, perfect. Which is a good thing. Sometimes when you've got an issue with somebody, it's better to not wait for them to come to you. It's better to go oh. to them and say, listen, what that about is, this? Should we discuss it? That is my definition of a good thing too. So, all right. So is there anything else you want to add before we finish up today? No, I think that's all good. Just um, for people to, you know, find some way of connecting with their unconscious because yeah. the unconscious is this massive engine that's driving their lives. Right. And, and we'll, we'll do more podcasts on this as we go along, more podcast episodes. Episodes, that's um, right. We won't be doing different podcasts. podcasts. No, no, it's the same <laughs> podcast episodes. And, um, and if you want to know more about what Dane does, please go to Big Shakti, www.bigshakti.com, and we'll have a link at the bottom of, the, of this episode to show you where her page, her about page is on the site. And you can contact Jane if you want to know more about what she does or you'd like to have a session with her. So I will probably see you very soon. You probably will. <laughs> well then, okay, see ya. Bye. Bye. If you would like to know more about what we do at Big Shakti, please go to www.bigshakti.com where you can see all of our products and offerings. And you can sign up for our free newsletter. And when you do sign up, you're entitled to a 15% discount on your first purchase. And subscribers, of course, get generous discounts on all our products from time to time, especially when we release a new course. And we do have courses for everyone, from beginners on the path to yoga teachers and sincere aspirants and psychologists and therapists and health professionals. And many of our courses are downloadable and can be done in your own time. And we also run live online training every year. All of our courses provide you with the opportunity to experience and understand the powers and mysteries of your mind and spirit. Unwind, take a break from your daily activities and learn how to use different forms of meditation to achieve inner tranquility, happiness, fulfillment and spiritual awakening. You will learn the keys to a healthy lifestyle, a calm, clear mind, emotional resilience and spiritual insight.